Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... We're an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, right. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. It is April 7th, 2023, and you're listening to KRC. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Haley. Hope you had a great Thursday evening, and welcome into Friday's show. We got a lot planned for you today. Justin Kalen, how are you? Our world-class producer, the best in all of radio, how was your Thursday? How are you feeling this morning? I couldn't be better. I, uh, well, I guess I could. I could have a healthy sciatic nerve. But other than that, I, I couldn't be better. It was a great Thursday. I watched The Mule last night. Uh, I haven't seen that in, in probably one or two years. So rewatched that last night. It was just as good as I remember it. Got to bed pretty early, so I'm feeling good in terms of sleep. And then it's Friday. I, I couldn't be happier that it's Friday, Easter weekend. It's going to be a crazy busy weekend, but looking forward to it. Would you say it's a good Friday? Uh, some say it's a good Friday, yeah. Finally Friday. Free again. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Got my motor running for a wild weekend. weekend. Roush, how are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. I had a, I had, had an eventful 24 hours or so. So it's just, it's only, we're only cranking it up even more. So it's, it's exciting. Uh, lots of family time. Um, during the the spring breaking and uh, yesterday we uh, Thursday afternoon we traversed to Ohio and uh, went to Brooks aunt's house where they were dying Easter eggs which a lot of fun with 10 kids in a room just a lot, a lot going on a lot going on but we only had one spit up so I consider that a relatively clean night well that's good yeah yeah so you're fun. in Ohio Yep, the OHIO. Man, from Birmingham up to Ohio. Oh yeah, we're 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 world travelers, regional travelers, regionally world traveling. Well, how exciting! Good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have sports gambling up in here, so that's fun. They've already got it passed. Uh, Kentucky did it a few weeks ago, and I don't know one one person was so excited that. They decided to take a three-week-old victory lap. Must have been a good Thursday at Damon Thayer's house. Yeah, Damon Thayer, the owner of the Kentucky Senator Bourbon, which is his bourbon company, it must have been flowing last evening. 
because he was out tweeting anybody and everybody that questioned sports gambling. And I, he, he, he reached out to me as well. I was happy to see. Damon, if this is what it takes to get stuff done, then yes, we'll gladly keep pestering you. Uh, we're glad that it finally did. It took entirely too long, Kentucky being the 34th state to get sports gambling when we have been the number one state with horse gambling is embarrassing. And it didn't seem until this past year that you actually made an aggressive push for it. Even if you say that you've been for it forever, ever since they said that states could do it. Why didn't we see any enthusiasm from you for it? Why didn't we see you going after uh, any of your Republicans for number it? Number one supporter, remember? That's what... We were told he was, it was really quiet, supporter. though. Number one yeah. supporter took a very long time to get it passed. Kentucky becoming the 34th state. That being said, I'm glad you did it. I'm, and if yeah. you're happy you did it, we're happy you did it. Everybody's happy about this. I, I, I believe my once the story broke, my first words were, I don't care who did it, take a victory lap. Like, sure, I, like, it's about time we got it. It's about yeah. time we got it, but it's exactly. better than having another year. Another just, two years of having to go drive over to Indiana and give them our, our money. Yeah, I just expected the victory lap to to happen right away. The, like, sick brags, not the almost – I mean, that was March 13th. It's April 7th. I, I expected the, the drunken clapbacks to happen a little bit quicker, which we don't know if he was drunken, but, like, let's be real. That was, what, 11 p.m. last night? Like I, I also don't know, but I I would think that, that – he may have had a little booze in his system, which there's nothing wrong with that. Like, no, you know, no. get a little I, booze I, I, in your I, system, get get fired up on Twitter. He, dude, he you know, he was the most relatable he's ever been. As a yeah, politician. I was going to say, he was probably, he was like mostly respectful. It wasn't like, you know, he was taking these cheap shots, at least not the the tweets that I saw. He was just kind of saying, hey, what do you think about this now? Good. We think it's good. We hate that six bordering states beat us to the punch. We hate that 33 other states beat us to the punch, but good. We're happy that we have it. Now I want you to address what the difference is between all this and casino gambling for me. That's that's Damon. What I'm I'm curious about now. You're you're not off the hook for that. But we're happy we got sports gambling. If you're happy, we're happy. Everybody's happy. Uh, but he was he was having an evening. He was oh, even going man. after uh, Tessa Duvall. <laughs> did you see <laughs> the shot he took at Tessa Duvall? I did not see that one. No, I just I did see the one where. Uh, somebody said, wow, Damon's an idiot. Uh, he said, hey, Dave, who's the idiot now? <laughs> Which is such a just... <laughs> well, I've got I a just... few guesses. But he quote tweeted a Tessa Duvall tweet, and he said, oh, I didn't even know you paid attention due to your focus on ambient temperature in the Senate chamber. <laughs> I mean, this dude went to like the second grade school of insults, and it's so great. It's so great. <sighs> He was getting after it for sure. <laughs> See, like I know uh, po- politicians right now have been accused of being uh, immature, maybe a little, a little hateful, a little vengeful. This is the kind of vengefulness that's fun, right? Like it's just you know he, he he's he's taking a victory lap, right? He's he's the the session's over with. He's just putting down his uh, taking the cufflinks off and just uh, ha- having a little fun, throwing jabs. You know what? Let what, him what, what throw. I mean, this this is this is all in good fun. Politicians do go go through a lot. They have a lot of things that cross lines said about them or said about their families. 
I don't know if I'm sure it's happened with Damon. I can't say definitively. You're right. This this wasn't good fun. I, I do think it's not quite the clapback that he thinks it is, just given the timing of all of it. However, have have a have a good time. I, I like the approach you're taking with it, Roush. Uh, I'm you, you know we we still need to get with the times in some other areas, but we got what we've been clamoring for for a while if he wants to if he wants to throw a little shade back that's fine I, again i think he's kind of a a silly a cartoon character if you will you know what and that's how that's how it's how i like to think about politicians is kind you know of what? like cartoon characters yeah just a big a giant a giant who couldn't find pants to fit in because he was so tall yeah i, I didn't uh I didn't see that he he had reached out to you last evening either, but I'm a good company, good, oh. good company of people that he reached out to. Yeah, Alex from Colga was one too. He sent a message into the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the number. Stop by Thornton's day, get your weekend going the right way. And he said, getting a late night tweet from Damon there was not on my twenty twenty three bingo card, but man, I audibly chuckled at the Senate Majority Leader. Taking a victory lap at a random dude from Columbia, Columbus, Georgia. <laughs> what a dingus. Also, speaking of Larry Moss from today's show, old Larry is from Columbus and is a super nice guy. Oh, how about that? Well, he's not a super nice golfer anymore. Oh, Larry I see, I see. Yeah, what, what, what's, what happened with the Masters yesterday? Anybody want to enlighten me? I did not. My uh, watch the Masters. What I mean, I I did a very minimal and I caught up, but you know, I was in a car, I was working, I was chasing kids around. Um, Brooks Kepka is he back? Larry Mize is in second to last. (laughs) (laughs) What did he shoot yesterday? Seven over, (laughs) which, like, I don't know how old Larry Mize is, I know he's pretty old. But just imagine being like, hey, I've got no chance at winning this Masters tournament. I'm going to go out there, just have fun, enjoy it. And then you fire, what would that be, a 79? Yeah. That's pretty amazing. He's 64 years old. How old? 64. That's insane. I really thought he was was in his 70s or 80s. He looks old. So who's in last? I've got to know. Last play. Well, you had two people withdraw yesterday. Yeah, no, and... Zalatoris. No, yeah. yeah that was I guess fun. technically they are in last. But the worst score shot yesterday was from Sandy Lyle. He was nine over. He's 80. No. Nope. Yeah, even nine over is pretty good. He's 65. Like, I, I, I can go to the crappiest public course and shoot nine over on 18 and be like, hell yeah. When you Google Larry Maz, the uh, people also search for is Sandy Lyle, Freddie Couples, and Bernhard Longer. How, so how, old's, the- how old's Freddie? 63. Freddie was was in his bag, as the kids say last night. He was one under. Nice. nice. He's like well above the cut line right now. You could have Freddie in contention on Sunday, Scoots. What do you think about that? Freddie Couples. That that would be pretty awesome. Jim Nance would poop his pants if that were the case. He he would absolutely love calling Fred Couples in contention. Uh, It it was an interesting day on the golf course. Three-way tie at the top with Kepka, which is, I think, probably the biggest surprise of the day. Hovland, and then Rom, which obviously Rom being at the top or near the top of a leaderboard is not surprising in the slightest. But he did, what was it, number one that he doubled? He had four putted. 
started yeah it was horrible so he's two over and then i don't was it by hold three he was back to even i believe it was just like only john rom could have a swing like this and just be totally okay so if you probably ask Rom, he would probably think that he should be leading this at nine under which is an insane score to have at augusta but he's tied to he, uh, top at seven under he four putted that double too i mean just yes. yeah that's what it was yeah all over the green, right? Uh, the the thing about Kepka, I don't know um, if you all saw Drew's takeaways from Augusta, um, but he was like the talk. Uh, Drew went down there. Franklin went down for a practice round, and he said that Brooks was the talk of uh, the the practice round. Everybody was talking about how dialed in he was. He wasn't the guy like the the last time we saw him. He just looked, walked in. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to pull up the actual numbers. Um, he was 75 to one to win a week ago and it dropped to 30 to one by the time the tournament started. So, um, the, there was that definitely some palpable buzz that carried over into round one. How, how much will the live golf three rounds of golf preparing for this? I don't know, but it is, um, it is kind of good to see a guy who once was always in contention uh, back in there at the Masters. Don't bet him to win because they only play 54 holes on the live, so Sunday he's going to be real tired. Won't get it done. I also bet he fades, if not today, probably tomorrow. I I do not expect Kepka to be at or near the the top when it's all said and done. But a nice round yesterday, which was exciting to see. Tiger, he was was struggling a bit. Yeah, Um, that was hard to watch. Two over, which is going to put him in contention to make the cut. He'll have to be better today. But today is going to be the the interesting day. The people in the morning are going to be able to get off. But at some point, there's a chance that some storms, maybe a long delay of storms, uh, and how that impacts the course before the storms come, after the storms come. Some people maybe potentially having to play into tomorrow morning to complete their second round. It's going to be a it's going to be an interesting day in Augusta. But Tiger Woods will have some work to do to make the cut. Yeah, he just he's just old. Yeah, he's old. He's old, and he doesn't he doesn't play nearly as much as these other guys do. I, I think if anything, if you've watched that Netflix golf show or you don't have to watch it, even if you just follow golf, you just know how tough it is to compete in these things and how good everybody else is and how tough these courses are. Uh, so he was shaking off some rust, especially on the greens yesterday. Hopefully he'll be a little bit better today. But two over, he he, he can get there. Good call on the uh, Cameron Young, TJ. My gosh, that guy was yeah. dialed in yesterday. Make, there was victory lap. There were three people while I was watching yesterday that I thought just made the game incredibly easy, and that was Victor Hovland, Cam Young, and can't remember the third one, but Cam Young played really, really well yesterday. Was it Scotty Scheffler? No, it was one of the early guys, but all three of Jeez. them just made it look really easy. Scheffler's still just so much fun to watch. He is, yeah. Uh, and hey, Cam Smith didn't have a bad round. Two under. He's, yeah, I'll he's tied for seventeenth, so he's he he's right there as well. So nothing too shocking or flooring about the the opening round. Uh, should make for a pretty competitive few days. I, I, if you had to guess, anybody running away with it? If if somebody that you saw yesterday scoots, you'd say, all right, this 
this per if, if if we don't have a competitive Sunday, it's because this person just takes off. Who would that be? Uh, for me right now, with what I saw yesterday, it would be Victor Hovland. I mean, the dude was just nailing every shot. He was he was literally hitting the part of the course that he wanted to hit every single swing he took. So I, I would say Hovland, but I do not see this being a runaway. But you never know. I would say Rom, just because like. I think he he had his mess up, and I think he had his bad streak. I think he had his refocus moment, and to get that refocus moment so early in the round, I, I think he'll I think he'll take home the green jacket. If I if I could reap, I'm gonna stick with I'm gonna stick with Cam Young because why wouldn't I? He's in fourth. But if I if I I'm if I make it over to Indiana, I'm gonna put a little bit more money on Rob because I think he he maybe is poised to win this thing. But I'll stick with my young pick. No sense in changing after a day. But I think if somebody just takes off with it, it's probably going to be John Rahm. I hope you're right because Rahm's one of my three golfers. He's yep, plus 330 take, right now. Where would you get him at originally, Scoots? I want to say 750, maybe 850. Hmm. Scoots, he, he gets crazy every round. He takes Rory, Rahm, and who's the third one? Uh, Scheffler. Scheffler. So he takes the three favorites every round. Hey, I'm not I'm not trying to hit a, a big one here. I'm just so when I started this thing, it was ultimately just to see how it worked out. And I told myself I was gonna do it all year long. I've I've already hit two of them, so I'm already good for the next couple months. Might as well keep rolling with it, huh? Yeah. I I'm one of those where like betting favorites, uh, especially in horse racing, it can get kind of you're like, all right, uh, they're probably going to win more often than not, but is it really worth it? I think in golf, the odds are so high that it probably is worth it, right? It's not like you're betting somebody two to one. They're usually seven, eight, ten to one. If horse racing was like sports betting, man, oh, man, you, you could win so much money. If, if the odds didn't change the way they do, Roush, man. Well, they, um, they actually have this new thing uh, coming out, and I think we might be able to use it during derby time, but – uh, we might have to be in Indiana to do it. It's called fixed odds racing. Um, I'm not entirely sure how it works, other than your your kind of bets are locked in the day of the race for the big stakes races. To where if a bunch of money comes in on one horse, then you're not totally screwed out of it. They, oh, that's cool. They experimented with it some last year, um, so I, I I'm. I'm not sure the benefits, the the negative consequences or not of it just yet. I'm sure some of the long shots won't be as long shotty, and the favorites won't be as favorite-y. So that, that could be something to, to maybe keep an eye on. But also, horses are just incredibly unpredictable. I, I love horse racing or horse betting. I, I really do. But it's really frustrating when you get bet on someone three to one across the board and then race fires off and they're all of a sudden one to five. Like, that just sucks. That does suck, yeah. Yeah. Um, Big races this weekend. Uh, we're we're going to get to a break soon, but if that's, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of in the transition period, so you've got the Masters on, and then three stakes races, uh, the final three big ones on the road to the Kentucky Derby. The Santa Anita Derby, uh, this is a shock for anybody who's ever watched a Santa Anita Derby. Nine horses. We're usually lucky to get four in a field, but Baffert's not dominating it, so it's actually, you could win some money out there at Santa Anita's need a Saturday night. Uh, the Wood Memorial, Brad Cox has the favorite. Uh, uh, and down in Lexington, Keeneland. It's Keeneland opening day. The Bluegrass Stakes is tomorrow. They've got five stakes races. Tappet Trice is uh, Todd Pletcher's five to two favorite, but it drew the rail 
and uh, could wear itself out. Uh, this this horse called Classic Car Wash is kind of a the uh, the bunny uh, rabbit, if you will, in that race. So I'm curious. Um, I'm I'm going to be taking a closer look at the program today to see if we got any closers in there. Closer won it last year in Zandon, um, and with with that horse on the rail, Tappet Trice, a favorite. That, probably going to have a really fast pace early um, with somebody coming from the back cleaning it up. The verifying was a high pedigree two year old and. That horse has a good trip. It could it could end up uh, taking advantage of those horses wearing down. So uh, should should be fun to kind of get back in that that grind, Scoots. Get back in the horse racing grind. Quickly, Roush, identify for the people how you spot a closer in a race like that. Usually, what I so I suck at times, um, but there's a part in the program where it shows where they are, like what position they are in the different quarters of the race. So it'll have them entering the final turn, I think, the the backstretch, and then where they finish. So, like, if a horse goes from, like, sixth, seventh, first, you know what I mean? Like, you can kind of see their progression throughout the race when going through the program. I, that's how I do it. Um, others do it just based on, like, the times that they share in the program. But I, I kind of look at the um, how they progress throughout the race. Like, all right, were they in first the whole race, and then they just – pulled a, you know, they went wire to wire, right? Or were they behind and then caught up during those final few segments? Good to know. That's hard to illustrate, though, without having a program in front of you because there's a lot of numbers in a program. There are. So yeah. the winner of that race gets to go to the Derby? Correct. And there's already, like, that tap at Trice probably has enough points to get in. If it just comes in the top four, it'll definitely be in the Derby. Um, so that's... uh We've also got the Gotham Stakes winner in there too, Race Kane, which at nine to two. That one's probably already in, already has enough points to get in. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, it's exciting. It's, it's it should be fun. It should be a, a great weekend at Keeneland too. I'm very jealous of all the folks who are going to be out there uh, today and tomorrow. Easter, does, do we? Do we? Have, I don't. I don't keep up. I know the Thanksgiving at Churchill's uh, tradition. Easter with Keeneland, that would be. It sounds like a heck of a day. Maybe, think they do Easter egg hunts in the paddock? It'd be a lot of fun. If that would be a good time, uh, that's a good question. I'm not 100 percent sure. Maybe a, little, maybe, a, <laughs> maybe a little chilly for the folks out there today, but you can dress appropriately, still have a good time. Yeah, tomorrow is going to be really, really nice, and it's uh, it's Keeneland season, baby. I, I hope to hope to get out there. There was a chance I was going to maybe try to get out there today, but most likely not. And no racing on Easter. No racing on Easter? Ah, shucks. Seems like a missed opportunity to me. I know, I know. But, you know, some people, they're like, well, Easter technically God holiday, right? We got to tip our caps to God, so don't want to don't interfere with that. And, and to be fair, very fair. heavy Roman Catholic population that's working the with the horses. They don't want to make them spend uh, a holy day working. So, makes sense. That's respect. Yeah, but like Easter is like a feel good day. That's a day you want to like get out and get about. You know, it's like everything's everything's fresh, everything's new. Getting out, and playing with horses, that'd be fun. You all gonna yeah, eat? Like the, the Go people ahead. who are working are, aren't playing with the horses. They're getting up like you know four at five a.m. <laughs> I mean, you're getting to be with an animal. Yeah, and work walk with thirteen it. hour days. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Ever heard of a little bit harder than ours waking up in the morning? You ever speak for yourself? And have you ever heard of holiday pay? Uh, do they give day laborers holiday pay? 
well, they, they would if they were racing, but they're not. So missed opportunity. Everybody's disappointed. Nobody's happy about that, uh, especially not the workers that have to get up super early. Uh, all right, let's take our first break. We'll come back. We'll get in some UK news. We'll talk cats. It's a big bat cats weekend. Yeah. We've got football and basketball to discuss. We've got the Thornton's text line. As Roush mentioned, pop in a Thornton's today to get your Friday started off right. They've got breakfast sandwiches to get you fueled up, ready to go. And they have gasoline to get your car fueled up, ready to go. And you'll save money when you have the refreshing rewards app each and every time you're at the pump. And 89 cents, 32 ounce sodas. Can't beat it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. And we'll be right back. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless. Not for long, the future is coming on. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless. Not for long, the future is coming on. It's coming on. It's coming on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Billy likes to drink soda. Miss Lippy's car. It's green. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Billy Madison has been on TV a lot lately. People could probably say that for the last 25 years, potentially. Scooch, you a big Billy Madison fan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly, it's probably number like six or seven for me in terms of Adam Sandler movie rankings. But yeah, it's a good movie. Do you have little Nicky above it? Oh, hell no. Isn't that the one where they had the boobs on the head? Not in the little Nicky guy. Oh, can't say the B word on radio. No, I think you can. You're going to have to dump that. Take it out of the podcast. I think you can. It's Good Friday. Uh, Yeah, I believe that is the one. That movie was horrible. I'm glad you didn't say yes. That and I wasn't wasn't big on Mr. Deeds either. I thought that movie was pretty weird. Uh, I thought Mr. Deeds was underrated. I mean, it's it's good. Not a a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. But for Adam Sandler comedies, I think it's better than most. I enjoyed Mr. Deeds. When when they show up to Winchesterton Fieldville, Iowa, (laughs) and they they have the White House with the red door and blue shutters, and she went to see Dr. Like. Uh, is Dr. Pepper here? And she's like, oh, yeah, that big hunch on your back. Like, that was, that, oh, man. I love the scene where the star quarterback's being reprimanded and his dad takes off his belt. And he's like, no, daddy, no. Oh, man. It's also, <laughs> that was just great humor for, you know, we were in middle school when that came out. Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah. But that Billy Madison drop made me think of the movie, obviously, Billy Madison. And it was on recently, and I was watching it. I was like, this premise is interesting. Like, Billy Madison's maybe the antagonist in this movie. And Carl talks about how he has worked there for 38 years. And it is kind of interesting. Like, you work at this place, and he's talking to the other guy, and he's like, we've worked here so long. Do you just want the company to go down the drain once he hands it off to this goober, which I could kind of understand the dynamics about that. And I'm not sure I'd pull out a gun and shoot somebody when I couldn't get the business ethic question. Correct. Or was that business ethics for him or which one was it? But yeah, I, I don't know if was. I'd go that far, but thank goodness that Billy Madison called that guy, you know, so it all worked out. Everybody ended up being okay. I think. Yeah. It'll work out. I, uh, last weekend watched, uh, the new, the new Adam Sandler movie, the one with the 
uh, Jennifer Aniston on Netflix, Murder Mystery. Oh, the second uh, one? I, second one, yeah. I don't know if it was better or worse than the first. But, you know, it's like, like Adam Sandler movies are just good medicine, right? Like, it's not, I'm, I'm not going to take it too seriously. Like, it's just some good white laughs. Like, is it great? Maybe not, but it was, it was fun. It was fun enough. I'll give it the good old Adam Sandler stamp of approval. I uh, I read a story this week about how they were doing an interview for that movie following the release of the movie. Jennifer Aniston walked off set or off the interview because it came up during the interview that Adam Sandler had bought all of his co-stars for grown-ups like Maseratis, Ferraris, Teslas, and he got Jennifer Aniston like a watch or something. She was like, yeah, I'm out of here. And he and he he came up with the BS. He was like, I tried to get you a white Mercedes, blah, 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 delivery issues. Pretty funny. Oh, movie star didn't get a free car. Right, boo-hoo. Jennifer oh. Aniston's loaded. Oh, also, uh, Jennifer Aniston in that movie. I, I, this is me. Uh, we're we've made it very clear that there's there's one we're, we're pro women, uh, but there's one thing that's just why are you doing this to yourself? She she got the she got the lip work done. Some something no. off with her upper lip in this movie. It just it just it doesn't look like her, and I, I'm I was disappointed. Mm. Yeah, we we have talked about that before. Anybody and everybody can do whatever they want that makes them feel more comfortable and happy. But we're sometimes the lips. that lip injection gets up to your nose. It's like, all right, okay. Yeah, it, and it it's not like bigger. It's just like I, I think it's just it's like, like swollen. It. It's, it's like just, swollen. It's just it's just it's just I I could I could just tell if something was different. It's like he didn't need to do that, Jen. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know Jen did that. She it's looked like she got person. bit by a bee. It's it's not that bad, but there's like something that's I I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but it's just like oh, there's there's work done right there, and it's just I I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Still, well, Jennifer, I'm still a fan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Still a fan. She, she, does listen to, she does listen to the show occasionally. Gosh, oh, no. Uh, she's going to think I'm not a fan anymore now. She already turned it off before I could apologize. She may have. She may have already She may have already potentially have, have moved on. Kentucky is moving on from Uganda Kingsley. We talked about that a lot yesterday. It was actually kind of a quiet day on the transfer portal yesterday, unless I, I missed anything. But it sounds like we'll probably go into the weekend Nothing, anything more clear or probably with the exception of maybe Chris Livingston announcing something today, probably going to be pretty quiet would be my guess, Roush. So, which automatically locks in, mm. get ready for some a groundbreaking news day. Some, some fireworks, exactly. Um, I found out that the Nike Hoop Summit is this weekend. People forget that the Nike Hoop Summit is uh, still a thing. It's a cool thing. They need to do like a better job advertising it. Maybe don't play it in the West Coast where nobody goes to it or nobody knows anything about it. But I always like it. It's usually very competitive. You get the international young guys. You get the American young guys. And, and it feels like they're playing for a little something. But with the McDonald's All-American game having that competitiveness to it, I, I'm not as eager to watch the – hoop summit i still will and i am still excited about it but normally that was the only one that you could be like if you really want to watch these kids go at it and you can't go to the practices 
this is the game to actually watch. That still remains true. It was just cool to see them actually take the McDonald's game a little serious for the first time in a really, really long time, maybe ever. So I'll still be tuned in, but yes, people do forget about it. You'll have DJ Wagner and Justin Edwards, if I'm not mistaken, up there as the UK commits, and that will be it. Uh, No Bradshaw, no Shepard, no Dillingham. I really wish Dillingham was a part of this. I think that could have been a lot of fun, but They'll, they'll go up there and they'll compete and it should be a good time. Hopefully Wagner does some similar things that he did in the McDonald's game and that will get people excited. And same goes for, for Bradshaw. Bronny James is up there. He yeah, talked recruiting kind of for the first time ever. Right, right. It was his first interview since he was 14 years old, I think. He just doesn't. Oh gosh. They just don't let him do interviews, which I get to a degree because I'm sure he's going to be bombarded, but like, you know, every once in a while, you gotta you gotta get them ready to talk to the media because that's it's part of being a superstar is talking with the media. And if you create an adversarial relationship off the jump, it's it's not doing him any favors. But he did talk yesterday for about five minutes, and uh, they got one minute or so of recruiting questions in before uh, the PR person was like, "Let's let's talk more about USA basketball." which is just hilarious because nobody wants to talk about USA basketball. They want to talk about his recruiting. And uh, get over that stuff. That's embarrassing. Embarrassing for the kid, embarrassing for the adults that are allowing it. What what other what other top 100 recruit, really top 200. I don't even know what website ranks the most recruits, but what top 250 kid hasn't done an interview about his recruitment? But because he has a celebrity dad, he doesn't have to ever discuss it, or he's not even allowed to be asked about it. That's that's outlandish. I don't blame him. Although to some degree, if I were him, I'd just be like, "Hey, I can I can tell people what I like. I can do the generic. They've got a family atmosphere. They're going to let me play. I'll be myself in their offense." Like he's, I'm sure he is smart enough to be able to give canned answers. His dad's been doing it long enough. What are they doing? Like, what are they all? What are they doing? I guess they're getting us talking about it, so maybe that's what they're doing. Is he 100% going the college route, or is G League still no. on the table? And There's nothing that's – like it's all whispers, and most of the whispers are that it won't be college. But he said that one of the kids out there is trying to – he's a point guard, is trying to get him to Oregon. I think USC with Isaiah Collier would be an option as well. But, yeah, it's – it's that's the part that's – like because here's the thing. We can't – TJ knows this better than anything. There's a lot of canned answers in recruiting, but usually you can kind of get a read for where one team stands or the other based on what they're saying. And that's just, (laughs) there's been none of that at all. So you you don't even have a baseline here on, on which to judge Bronny's answers on. So it's, um, it's really wide open, really wide open right now. Yeah, and not always like you, you can always read between the lines to some extent, but maybe not to the extent that you know who the clear leader is. But sometimes you can know who definitely isn't being considered or who's not even on the table. You can usually either eliminate somebody or make out a little bit of a pecking order with most people. It seems like it's USC, UCLA, Ohio State. He was asked about Oregon as well. Uh, I. I would guess he'll stay in Los Angeles and go to either go play for for Mick Cronin and, and UCLA or or go to USC would be would be my guess. But 
again, he's a good player and he should have pretty solid college numbers will be my guess, but he's not good enough to go lead a team to a national championship. If, if I were him, I'd go try to play on a good team. I'd go try to be a complimentary piece on a good team and let things come a little bit easier to him and not be picked apart so much. But if he's on a team where he and he could, I think, in college average 13, 14 per game at the right college or the right place. If he's on a team like that, people may be a little bit more nitpicky. He may be in the press and news a little bit more, but it'll it sounds like he's going to go to a place, though, that he'll be mostly the guy. UCLA, I'm not exactly sure what they're going to look like next year. They're obviously losing Hakez, but I'm not really sure exactly what else their roster situation looks like. So maybe that would be the best of both worlds where you can still probably put up some numbers. It is unfortunately a Mick Cronin offense, but you should be on a pretty good team. I would guess again, not knowing UCLA's roster situation wholeheartedly. I know if you go to USC though, and you play with Collier, I don't, I don't know that he would be the man. That's a good point about Collier at, at, at uh, USC, but they'd have some issues that we've talked about with UK where it's like that there's going to be a learning curve for those guys just adjusting to the college game. How long is that going to take? And, how good could they be? But if I don't know UCLA's roster makeup for next season, I sure I certainly don't know USC's. So, but your good point about Collier, I forgot he's going to USC. By the way, did you all know that USC has the number one men's and women's transfer? I mean, recruit coming in, pretty impressive. Well, who's the number one recruit for men's for them? Uh, guess Collier. Yeah, not not my rankings. Well, yeah, that's the the funny thing about this year's recruiting class is there's no there's no consistency anywhere. Um, I'm trying to pull up because they've they've changed a lot. Um, I think you just have to have the UK guys top five, and then yeah, Collier could be six. I think. <laughs> uh, so. The on three has Collier. That's the end. The, so the industry ranking, the like the weighted one has Collier one, Edwards two, Wagner three, Bradshaw four. Um, because I, I think Collier is number one at twenty four seven, and I believe Bradshaw's one on on threes. But nevertheless, yeah, there that that's one of the arguments people make about this class being down or something is because there's no, they nobody can reach an agreement on who's the best player in the class. Hmm. I did the Rupt to No Good podcast last night. I didn't fall asleep this time before it started. Woo-hoo! Nice. Do you have any I hot did, takes? I did set I did set alarms just in case because I not that that I would be worried that it would happen again, but if it happened once, it could theoretically happen again. So I was like, I'm gonna make sure it doesn't happen. Although or after dinner and after we would put baby down, I did tell I did tell the wife, I was like, I'm I'm exhausted. Like, I don't know if it's just something about on Thursdays, like, you know, it's the accumulation of the week and I'm, it's all led up to this and I'm just pooped. But I was like, I can't, we were going to watch an episode of Ted Lasso before the podcast. I was like, I can't watch this sitting on the couch. I'm worried I've made those off. So I, I actually put together a wagon while Ted Lasso was going on classic dad stuff, but sat at the bar and then sat on the floor and put together this wagon. So I did stay up for the podcast. It was fun. They've got a nice little group. That was a, uh, I hope you'll give it a listen or at least give it a download. But we had some nice back and forth on Hunter Dickinson. It, it, like the, the, the group was pretty split on whether or not they want him, which I still, Rosh, there is a, a, a large piece of me 
that's just like I, I can't believe there's a portion of this fan base that's being <laughs> nitpicky on Hunter yeah. Dickinson about whether or not they'd want that dude to come or not. Well, I get that it may not be the perfect fit for some people, but goodness gracious, and no universe would anybody say no to this guy and the experience and the talent that he'd bring to the table. But it was a lively debate. It was a good time. I also think some of that is is just based on his personality, right? Like they didn't like him much when he was in Michigan, and then now you have to. You, you you would have to make a mental compromise, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, but how many times have we said that about UK guys where it's like, if DeMarcus Cousins had gone anywhere else, if yeah, he had played yeah. at Memphis, you, we'd hate him. He'd be college basketball's biggest turd. And yep. But instead, he was our turd. Exactly, exactly. And I don't even think Dickinson's that bad because, I mean, yeah, you beat him last year. He plays like, with an attitude. Yeah, which we, we like. Um now, of course, if it was somebody of a different race, it would be obnoxious and boisterous and terrible. But this, it's just it's it's a chip on his shoulder. Uh, first one in, last one out. Yeah, just yeah. to bring it all back to the Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark discussion. There, goodness gracious! As always with any sports topic, like the outrage about the outrage became more annoying than anything to do with the initial outrage. Like, just people being like, it was like five days later, and it was like, I can't believe people are coming after this person. What's wrong with everybody? It's like, we've moved on. It's over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's over. It, it, was, it was something else, though. It and, was um, – And also, one more thing. How, how often does it happen in a situation like that where the kids or, you know, they're, they're, they're young adults at this point give more mature answers than, like, the grown, fully 50-year-old adults? It always happens, and it's always so embarrassing for those adults. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the people that were trash-talking, like, they've been doing this trash-talking their whole lives. Like, it's not it's not anything new to them, but everybody else lost their damn minds. And it was, it was crazy, though, TJ, that just how much people grabbed a latchstone of that story. Um, I mean, it any story about Angel Reese or Caitlin Clark was like the most read story on on three for days. Um, just people had some takes, had some takes. They now, did. It's still popping up on my Facebook feed. They did, but and, and I saw some people be like, "This is going to ruin a great championship game." First off, the championship game really wasn't all that great. Like it was, they were scoring, and that's better than a rock fight. But it, LSU was firmly in control, 11-point, 12-point buffer zone game through, throughout the second half with a few exceptions, maybe one or two runs there. And secondly, you have people multiple days after the national championship in women's basketball talking women's basketball. Iowa had to pause season ticket sales because of demand. They were, they were just like – they could not handle the demand of phone calls coming in for season tickets. And LSU supposedly has its most season tickets already scheduled for next year than ever before, which totally makes sense. College women's college basketball. I say this about the men's, but it's totally, it, it's true with the women's. It's just UK is in the cellar, unfortunately, but it's as healthy and alive and good as it's ever been. There's parody, which you haven't always been able to say with the sport. There's butts and seats. There's superstars, which there's always maybe been a superstar. But now in the NCAA tournament, starting in the Sweet 16, you were getting matchups of like, hey, this girl can go. Well, the superstars are just playing for UConn like, or Tennessee. That, that's go. the part that's, that's nice. Yeah. It's like Iowa, Virginia Tech, Louisville, LSU. Like a lot of places yeah. have these well-known names. 
some of it also has to do with nil, right? Like, how many Instagram followers? Haley Van Lith has like 350,000 Instagram followers. Like, people yeah. know these people from not just um, watching them on college basketball. They follow them on Instagram or TikTok or wherever it might be. So, it's, uh, it's definitely changed, and I think it's changing for the better now. You know, all, all we all that's left is just getting some refs that know what the hell they're doing. Uh, that's in both basketballs, men's and women's. Figure it out, refs. Figure yeah, it the hell out. I hope it. I, I hope it gets. Hope it gets a, a lot better. But more more Hunter Dickinson talk uh, with the with the transfer. Interesting tweet that came out this morning that I saw that Jack had retweeted. I don't know who Nathan Conley is, but like all the journalists and people follow him. And he looks like maybe he's like a trainer or something like that. But he says, it's just work with a little hush emoji. Stay tuned. And he tagged Oscar Shibwe and at BBN. Hmm. Interesting. So just stay tuned, BBN. While UK fans will wish Oscar well and UK fans do a good job following their former cats, whether in college, and Oscar's not transferring to another college, or more likely in the professional ranks. UK fans will follow along, so people will be followed in with Oscar regardless of what he does, and, and they'll be kind and nice and, and wish him the best. But that would certainly be uh, insinuating, hey, you, you like that's more than just, a, hey, you're going to be excited to follow Oscar in the pros. Tagging BBN, which is a pretty generic account, looks like it's ran by Saturday Down South. Yeah, yeah. They just got the handle. I think the person meant to hashtag it and said they added it. Well, good for them. They've got like 130,000 followers, uh, but not a very active Twitter account, at nope, least as, nope. of, as of late. But interesting. Maybe, again, I, I we said it earlier this week, if you don't get Hunter Dickinson, your gun is gone. We know that. D- don't default – like. Just go get Oscar back. If that's what you end up needing to do, he is a national player of the year. That's that's a perfectly okay option. You'll just have to figure out what you're going to do defensively, and you'll have to get creative potentially. But you'll have to get creative defensively. But Oscar is still so much better than 99% of other options with where the current landscape is. And that is just as much as we've uh, moaned and groaned about his pick-and-roll defense and his passing, um, like I can see the forest through the trees and realize that this dude is still <laughs> the best rebounder I've ever seen in my life. And mm-hmm. as long as I think that's what we said yesterday, it's like as long as there's not any sort of uh, sticking point or there's any sort of animosity between him and the team, like as, as long as like that stuff, which that is a big that part of stuff, like. Acting like you can't do certain things because Oscar Sheboy's in the game, I think is a little like, yes, you can. You just have to coach around it, right? You just have to play differently. And there, there's ways you can win by playing differently. And you know what? They did that throughout the course of the season. You saw Kentucky force feed Oscar at the, in, in the fall. And then when the calendar year turned, they spread him out and the offense clicked a lot better, you know? And he was still rebounding like uh, the best rebounder that's ever rebounded, right? Like, so I. I, I do not want to get um, – it, it's pretty easy to crit, critique Oscar Sheebway, especially when he's making a pass to a backdoor cutter to just three players on the other team. But he's still pretty freaking awesome, uh, two-time consensus All-American and a unanimous national player of the year. 
Well said. I, I couldn't say it any better myself. I, I worry much more about the team aspect and the locker room aspect much more than defensive liability aspect. He will be a defensive liability. You can't snap your fingers and that just go away next season. Can he get a little bit better? Yeah. Could you get more creative in how you hide him? Maybe the guards are better defenders, so it's not as noticeable, potentially. that all be good things. But you can still win even with him being bad defensively. Kentucky has won with him being not a, an amazing defender. Also is Bradshaw's length and shot blocking ability. Could that, could that cover up some of his mistakes? You got some options there. What isn't what, what you can't really figure out is if there's going to be those rumors that team stuff, him not showing up to practices or walkthroughs and stuff like that. That's the stuff you can't deal with. Cause that could just create a, a crack throughout the entire team. If he's bad defensively, maybe it costs you a game here or there. Maybe it costs you a tournament game. Possibly. Could happen. But if it's a team issue, that's going to that's gonna resonate. That's going to have ripples throughout the entire team. Could be season long. Could be totally more than just a one game. He got lost on defense, gave up a layup at the horn. UK loses. So that's the stuff they got to figure out. And hopefully they will. Hopefully Cal's just got a good grasp on all this stuff but i i understand the fans that are concerned that he may not because you haven't had a great deal to be confident with roster building and stay or go like the weird stuff has just gone the wrong way for uk as of late it has been weird stuff but it has gone the wrong way so i get the people that are nervous but you got to be patient with the transfer portal all right hour one done do we want should we do a second hour rush what do you think Mm, I guess we should do one. Yeah. What do you think, Scoots? You in another hour? I mean, if the option's there to not do one, that's that's what I would choose. I'm just kidding. Let's do it. Come on. It's Friday. Of course we're doing another hour. Come on. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call. Coming up next here on Big Exports Radio, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. The Masters round two, they have teed off the coverage. the first coverage that I, I actually care about is the Kepka and Scheffler groups. That starts in seven minutes. So you can put that bad boy on mute, listen to Kentucky Roll Call, and get your Friday started off the right way. Roush, all this golf has me itching for that big exports radio golf card. It really does. Really does. Uh, man, it's just starting to get nice enough out to go see all of the outstanding golf courses on the Big X Sports Radio golf card. Uh, there's plenty around here, and you can play them for only less than 25 bucks around when you buy the Big X Sports Radio golf card. What's on it? Well, we've got Wooded View. We've got Christmas Lake and Santa Claus. We've got Valley View. We've got Elk Run. 
uh, Old Capitol, go see Big Bill on the Hill, and a new one, Park Mammoth Golf Club, which is not too far away in Park City, Kentucky, right down I-65, one of the top five courses in the state. And, uh, oh, yeah, they're having a two-person golf scramble coming up April 28th, 10 a.m. shotgun start. You can listen to Big X, KRC in the morning. Go, go play in the two-person golf scramble. Have yourself a grand old time at Park Mammoth Golf Club. Um, TJ, do you know where, what number they can call it to get the Big X golf cart? Yes, I do. If uh, if you just give me, oh, seconds. it's eight one two two seven two five fourteen fifty seven. That is it. Eight one two seven two five fourteen fifty seven. You can call that or go to the Big X Sports Radio dot com page. It's right there. You can buy it online, and then you can read Mike Rutherford's bio, and then that's really about it. That's about it. So. <laughs> You won't get lost on the website. I promise you that. If you've made it to the average-looking white guy, you've gone too far. BigExportsRadio.com. Mike is above average-looking. It's a joke, Scoots. It's okay. It's a joke. Oh, I wasn't going to stick up for him. (laughs) I don't know why you're acting like I was going to stick up for him. How was the 90 minutes with him yesterday? Uh, Short. Real short. It was great. It was pretty good. Uh, he had a guest, so I didn't get to talk as much as maybe I would have liked, but I was fine with it. Wow. I was I was just sitting there. I was just sitting there watching the Masters, so I I couldn't care less. Wow, and you used the right word there. Hey, oh, Matt McGavick. There you go. That was his guest. Oh, that's a, he's a nice guy. Oh, he was like, super like nice him. guy. Yeah, Matt he McGavick is one of the too nice. He's one of the few people that covers U of L that isn't totally delusional. So it's nice to actually hear his his analysis. L Ellis transferring from the cards. That I I did not see that coming because you had U of L insiders that were like at the spring game he's announcing his return, and then he had announced that he was maybe going to go to the draft, but it was made pretty clear. And you had every radio show in town saying or relaying. I'm not in that, you know, that's sometimes how information, how that stuff happens. But they were all relaying that, hey, he's at least not going to go anywhere else. It's either pros or U of L. Well, not so fast. He's supposedly going to go join Joel Justice at NC State and be be their next kind of water bug guard. I don't think he's that good. I think U of L can do better. I think. Several different people that U of L has been well. They've only been mentioned with a few different people, but some of the few different guards they've been mentioned with the guy who just committed to Arkansas, Miniford, and I, I would even say you can make a case Davion McKnight is better than L Ellis. L Ellis is a liability defensively, and when your excuse for a player is he's maybe he's playing too many minutes and that's why he's bad defensively, you're grasping at straws. That's wishful thinking. No, he's just a bad defender. And he, he can use the excuse of being tired for a reason why. L. Ellis was a really, really bad defender. It was fun sometimes the way he could score, but he was also pretty wildly inconsistent, and he turned the ball over in ways that you just couldn't even believe. So L can be better off because of this, but it, but they also could be worse off. If you, if you don't, if it's just Guy Clark back there, that's going to be even worse than when it was just L. Ellis back there. So Kenny Payne is still in some really thin ice with the transfer portal roster construction since that's the buzzword. 
but losing L. Ellis was a surprise to me, and he's gone. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was less about his defense and more about him just, you know, playing point guard and being a two-guard, right? Like, that guy didn't have a lot of assists. The team didn't because, well, um, they weren't a very good team. They didn't have a very good point guard. I thought he could be a kind of lead scorer guy with Scott Clark as the distributor sort of deal, right? Um, so it it makes sense from that standpoint. My only thing with your argument, TJ, yes, there are better guys out there, but what has Kenny Payne showed us to make you believe that he'll get any of those better guys? Nothing. Yeah, it's just... Nothing, but like it, there is just a portion of somewhat disbelief that pretty much every other school, Power 5 school, I shouldn't say every Power 5 school, every Power 5 school worth ha- top half in their conference, really you could probably go three-fourths into their conference, has gotten like some good players or has gotten somebody maybe that you like scratch your head and you're like, oh, that's that, that's intriguing that they were able to to get him. Creighton put together the, 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 the nil package for Baylor Shireman and they just actually lost Nimhard, so maybe maybe their funds were a little low. They went all in on Shireman and didn't have enough funds elsewhere. Nimhard is probably going to go to Arizona. Everybody's saying, but that's a big that's a big loss for Creighton, and a huge addition. He's a good player. That's a if you if you like if he were to go to U of L, that would be an unbelievable addition. But the, just not even in their wildest dreams. It's wild that he's not even getting lucky and landing like great players. It's U of L basketball. They should have some sort of close to seven figure, if not over seven figure nil package for a star player that says, even with this team probably stinking and this coach maybe being on the hot seat and maybe just being a bad coach, uh, it is too much money to say no to. And they're not, they don't even have, they don't have a, who's a good player on their team? Nobody. Now that L's gone, at least he could score. I think trainer has some promise. They're bringing in some freshmen. I think they're bringing in some freshmen that should be solid, but their freshmen. I think maybe Matt McGavick said this yesterday in so many other words. But if if they're freshmen, you have to rely on. You're going to be in big trouble. If they're freshmen that you can work into a healthy program, it's a really nice class to have. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. But if it's freshmen that you have to say, "Hey, Trenton Flowers, you should be a senior in high school. Go out here and be our best player in the ACC." You're going to get demolished. Worse than worse than last season. It can't be worse than last season. Can it? Can it be? Can it be? I like Dennis Evans, that big seven-footer, but even U of L homers are like, yeah, he is a work in progress offensively. So it must be really bad if they're saying that. But I don't know what they're gonna do, Roush. What like what do you you ask me what what confidence do you have Kenny Payne getting anybody? I none. What what's your answer to that? Same. I mean, how they got so they got Scott Clark. Who who else did they get in the portal? Anybody? They got anybody else yet? Uh, I don't think they have. I'm trying to think. I I can't think. They they do have that JUCO guy, a recruit coming in, and there's not even like tape on him. It's, it's you just, can't even find content on this person. I, I think the per, the thing that's most shocking out of all of this is the assumption when you hired Kenny Payne was that you were going to be in contention and land some of the best players in the country. And I just it's it's not it's not a thing like that. That uh, y- yesterday the 
USA Today released their report on like what schools are spending in football recruiting. And when I'm writing this post, I'm thinking like, well, I mean, Mark Stoops got an extension after a two-win season because he was recruiting so well. He was recruiting better than anybody at Kentucky had ever recruited before during a two-win season. Like Kenny Payne just had the worst season ever, and you hired him to be the recruiter. And like he he's gotten some decent high school guys, but it's not like I, I I'm just shocked at how uneventful it's been in that like i i would have thought at least like some of the uh, the blog boys you know in any of the the recruiting people like that this should have been a boon for him and i'm just not i'm just not seeing it at all from kenny Pitt. it's it's wild it, it's beyond bad uh, maybe they've got some stuff up their sleeve again it's top five recruiting class it's really not a bad class but if it's just going to be guys that you're going to throw out there it it, it will get It'll get yeah. it'll get ugly. And, and the other part too that like I, so like I'm not going to be too harsh just yet because we're still. Uh, I mean, how many guys have even committed to another school from the portal yet? I mean, you had Jordan Wright. Like it, it's it's it still is early in the process. People are still just jumping into it. Um, but if they don't start landing guys next week, then I would I'm going to start being alarmed if I'm a Louisville basketball fan. I'm already beyond alarmed, but is it beyond salvaging for this season, despite it already just being April? That's the scary thing for U of L fans is that it's April, and I'm a little concerned that the season's over. That like, not only will I not have anything to look forward to come March, I won't have anything to look forward to come November, and they'll be all in on football, which understandably so, and that's a new era and a lot to be excited about, but. KP's got to do something. Supposedly he's in Africa recruiting right now, which I think there's one good player over there that they think they may be able to get, but they need to they need to have some plans in, in the portal. If you ask me, let's go to the Thornton's text line here on your Friday edition of Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. We go 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. Replay of the show 9 to 11. Did we finish the text line yesterday or no? Uh, yeah. yeah. We did, yeah. We did. We, we read the bets from Mook. Yeah, let's see if Mook uh, is – oh, you got the ROM winner bet, Mook. You're looking good there. You threw away – you lit money on fire with Zalatoris, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah that's, that's tough. Wait, you know, that's, yeah, is, that, is that bet not uh, voided? Yeah, you get, your, you get your money back for yeah. withdrawals. So, Do you? Um, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's great yeah. news if you do. I would think once you start around, if you withdraw that you didn't win and you made a win bet. Well, he never, he didn't ever start. Zalatoris didn't. I thought no, he did start. Kevin Na started and withdrew after nine, but Zalatoris never started. Oh, really? I yeah. thought he did. I know Na did. You're right. I, 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 I can confirm that. But okay, I didn't know that. Um, well, if he never started, then you're probably right. If he started, I would think that you'd just be hosed. But it. And if you're looking good, Mook. We're we're all rooting for you, buddy. The um, the the one downer though is like in my like I, I do the pool things where you kind of you know kind of like DraftKings. Uh, Zalatoris was in mine, but we do have the rule where you can your lowest score is dropped. So I have that, but now I'm just relying on you know the guys in the bottom tiers to to pick up the slack. So but not not great, not great. Fingers crossed. Rooting for you too, Roush. Hey, thanks, buddy. Needed that. Are you gonna eat meat today? Didn't uh, didn't plan on it. Good, good. I'll 
than what I have to you say. You can, though, right? No. I thought Good I've Friday was the, the exception. Personal, I've always had the personal TJ Catholic belief that after 3 o'clock, once Jesus passes, the suffering's over. So, you know, dig in, right? Like, it's, it's, it's over yeah. At, yeah. at that point. But the Catholic Church says no. They say just wait. They say it's actually supposed to be a day of fasting, I believe. Which, let's, come on. I gotta gotta eat. I gotta eat. But maybe I won't eat meat. I'll tell you one thing. I I went to Salsaritas, their shrimp, it's great. I love Salsaritas. Two locations in Louisville, Middletown, St. Matthews. I'm going to talk about their catering in a moment. But are you getting their catering this weekend? As far as you know. Lucky? No, but in the future, near future, yeah. Nice. I think I'm going to get it for the for that thing I was telling you about yesterday down on the river. Oh, nice. Yeah, that'll be good. Great. Yeah. Well, now Wouldn't I'm... that be a great salsa? I'll talk about salsa. Okay. All right. Anyways, a certain place that is a certain color and shaped like a castle. They're yeah. little fish sandwiches surprisingly delicious oh it's good to hear it's good to hear i went to a place with golden arches uh last friday because we were on the road and uh mcdonald or oh, golden arch play places are great for <laughs> toddlers to wear out some energy it was a friday and i was like oh, i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be a good catholic and um oh man it worse the, the the their fish sandwich was never good and it's gotten exponentially worse. Just, wow. I, I can't believe I even digested it. It was so bad. I think I had one from there at the beginning of Lent. And I did think, like, I, I my expectations were low. But I was like, that is how worse than I even remember it. Yeah. And that's why I was so impressed by this other castle-shaped place. that, sure. it, it, And then a certain little redhead pigtailed place, they don't even do it. Which they I thought they doing it. They it used to be pretty good. It was solid. The the place with the oven mitt slash cowboy hat, whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> they have theirs is the the top dog. Um, the, they do have the meats and they they do pretty decent on that one. But I didn't realize the redhead got rid of got rid of hers because that was um you know better than most. I guess it probably just cost I, them too much. I enjoyed theirs, and that's how I ended up having to check out the other the other place, and it was very great. They call it like panko fish. It's it, it and they it's cheese, and it's like the cheese is like really melted on there. Good. I I was my doors were blown, but yeah, at least the the little redhead place by me. No more no more fish, but golden arches places. Or, oh, you know, gosh. really yeah. really impressed how you all just had that whole conversation without naming a single place, but you all knew exactly what you were talking about. That was really impressive. That's why they pay us the little bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, man, I will say to the uh, did not realize how valuable those play places are. Uh, the The place that uh, has the the chicken sandwiches too. I don't know why they haven't reopened their play places. Is it is it truly that place isn't still doing COVID stuff? Right. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't know that they were closed or not oh, closed. Do they still they, smell they, exactly they, how they how I, 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 I pick, remember them smelling? 
Um, it's it's much cleaner than the '90s because I don't think oh, like in the in, in their heyday, those play places. I mean, like, I mean, you got to think about the Golden Arches in the '90s. They were just an indomitable machine, you know, pre supersize me, pre healthy eating. Like, I mean, I personally remember going to McDonald's at least once a week as a kid for dinner. Right when mom and dad were just like, we ain't cooking tonight. Here, let's just go wear them out, and we'd be there for like an hour, an hour and a half. And I remember specifically the one on Dixie Highway, part of the play place. I just call it like, in hindsight, I just call it the Thunderdome because it was just this blue cushion room that was just like basically a, a wrestling ring where it was just all hell broke loose. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that the one that we visited, it was just you know a couple slides and some stuff to climb up. It was not nearly as uh, death trappy or dangerous as the one that I'm sure my parents had to climb up into to pull kids out back in the day. Yeah, I know exactly what room you're talking about. The one on Taylorsville and Bardstown had a very similar room as kids. And you're right. The stuff went down and yeah. it, like it people violent. got hurt. It yeah. was, it was very, very violent. And then I remember the one off Hubbard's we'd go there frequently. And that one had that very distinct smell. The one that I was talking about on Taylorsville and Bardstown was an outdoor one. Uh, this one, indoor one, had that very unique smell. And right across the street from it, Salsaritas. They're yeah. catering. It makes the whole party so easy. All the food will be waiting for you, ready to go at one of their two locations, Middletown or St. Matthew's. Or they'll deliver it to you. They'll carry it right to your front door, bring it in, put it on your dining room table, and get it all set up, ready to go. While you plan for other things, let Salsaritas do the cooking and the delicious food make it. It is so good being able to make your own taco, your own quesadilla. You can go heavy on the meats. You can switch up the meats. You can do it all from the touch of your fingertips on the Salsaritas app. makes it so easy and convenient. I love Salsaritas. I'll be having it this weekend, and you should too. Now, once again, here I am, a little hungry. That's how it works. It is. That's advertising. Roush, what do you want to talk about this hour? Do you? I've got a few other little things written down that we could get to. We have the text line, obviously, which is always a good time. Golf has started, and we could talk that. Um, we could just take a break and then come back and... Oh, wow. Look at that. Look at the time. Yeah, right. I know. Exactly. Already 825. Who would have thunk it? Time flies when you're having fun. Well, we'll do that. We'll come back. We'll wrap up the week. And read the text line as well. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rush, Justin. And then I saw her face. I'm a believer and not a trace. Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call. I am king of forwards. It's how I like to do business. Everybody joking around. We're like friends. I am Chandler and Joey and uh, Pam is Rachel and Dwight is Kramer. Welcome back. One final segment of the week of Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Get your text in to the Thornton's text line, 
1450 text it on in we'll read it on air tj walker nick roush and justin kalen and go to shadyrays.com 25 percent off when you use promo code big x it's springtime the weather for next week just looks absolutely beautiful you need some new sunglasses treat yourself they're incredibly affordable they don't carry the big price tag and they have great value and great deals because you can buy knowing if anything happens to them or you just want another pair of your sunglasses small processing fee you get your order sent right back to you 30-day money-back guarantee as well so if you get them and it just wasn't the style you thought or it doesn't look good on that noggin of yours you can get it back at no cost to you shadyrays.com there's a reason they have over 200,000 five-star reviews it's a kentucky company and you can save 25 percent with promo code big x at checkout check them out today i um i appreciate that we appreciate that we came back with a Michael Scott drop because uh, it reminded me of reminded me of Shane Beamer playing Michael Scott in a little office parody bit and you know it was funny right like you you redid the the scene where you're running by the it was the cold open where they're they're running outside of the the speed check radar gun you know, it was, a, it was a funny little bit, but it just made me realize, like, the reason why Shane Beamer crawls under my skin is because Shane Beamer is just Michael Scott coaching uh, football. Not only is he kind of a goofball um, who, who loves his catchy cliches and all that, um, he, he might actually get those cliches and Coach Beaks correct, but, like, really, at the end of the day, it, Michael Scott's character, he just he just – it's his need to be praised, right? Um, he needs to be the center of attention. He needs people talking about him. And he will go out of his way to do whatever it takes to be the center of attention. And that's exactly what Shane Beamer does 24-7. It was a beautiful, beautiful irony um, that I don't think he truly understands that he is uh, the butt of the joke. Kind of like Michael. I haven't seen it yet, but everybody's everybody's pretty worked up about it. Just because Shane Beamer's the worst. Do you like him or Drinkwitz more? Who one has to be UK's next head coach? Who are you going with? Uh, I guess Beamer's one more. So I mean, he's won bigger games. Ah, oh, gosh, Drinkwitz. I, I, my, my problem with both of them is I feel like they're just kind of put doing a bit. They're just putting on like a, a face. I wonder what they are as like actual coaches as real people. Cause sometimes I feel like I get a little bit more of that from drink than I do with Beamer. Yeah. But maybe man, I get, I get what you're saying with that. Well, hopefully Kentucky beats both of them. Need to beat both of them. Yeah. They asked on the podcast yesterday, just prediction for UK football season next year. I'm, I'm optimistic. I don't think you necessarily have to predict like 11, 12 wins or Atlanta to be optimistic, but I think it's going to be a good team that's going to play other good teams really close and really competitively. And that's going to yeah. be fun. And specifically, I bet that Alabama game is going to be one that you're going to want to be at. The, uh, the easiest prediction is just to say like Kentucky's going to start six and zero. That's like, if you want to be, uh, optimistic sunshine pumper. That's not even being too optimistic sunshine pumping. That's saying they're winning 
on the road at Vandy, and they're going to beat a probably not very good Florida team at home, um, which you should do if you want to be upper half of the SEC East. So uh, after that, I I think the more difficult question becomes like how healthy are you for the, the back stretch of the season where it's Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, and Louisville are your final four games, I want to say. I'm not – Totally 100% sure. I know it's Alabama, South Carolina, and uh, and Louisville with the latter two coming on the road. So those those will not be easy. How healthy are you for that stretch? What's the offensive line look like? That, that That's the hardest part of this to, to answer. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that regardless, we're going to be in mid-October in the mix of things and, and able to dream big once again. That's what you want if you're a Kentucky football fan and you've you've got the team, I think, this year to do it. You've got somebody that I think is more trusted in the BBN community running the show on offense. And you've got a, a quarterback to be confident about, assuming he can stay healthy, but so far, so good. So what what are they gonna scrimmage on Saturday? No, no, I don't think so. Um, I think they're in total, let's just get out of here without any injuries mode. Um, oh, okay. Which I'm totally cool with. Um, it was very funny watching Brad White when asked about tackling, like just come up with word salad about like, well, we've only tackled once, so we don't really know. <laughs> but they're, they're finishing their drills good. Um, I will say it was, um, there were a few takeaways I had from yesterday. One is he's just like, because his position group is those edges, those outside linebackers. He's like, yeah, Keaton Wade, Noah Matthews, Fearbree, like they're so big. I forget that they haven't even been here for a year yet. They like they're they're going to be even better in the fall. I just expect them to play like they're twenty two year olds because they look like they're twenty two year olds. So I, I I love just hearing because like, even the guys like the guys that they recruited are a different. They're, they're just built different, right? Like Kentucky's getting a different pool of talent, which is great to hear about the future. Um, and then the the other part was he just noted, like, the safeties, he can rely on the safeties more than any other position on the field right now because Zion Childress and Jordan Lovett have just taken their game up to another level. And Jalen Geiger was one of your, you know, top five defensive players last year when he went down with an injury. So being able to have those three guys to rotate, move around, do different stuff, keep people fresh, he feels feels really good about that position. Um, I, I did want to say though is that um, the uh, about the bigger guys and I, I mentioned in the last break, but they had the the recruiting expenses database come out, TJ. Which full disclosure, the the money in recruiting budgets is less significant than what it was two years ago because of nil, right? Like the the nil budgets matter almost equally to the just overall athletic department's recruiting budget. But Kentucky was ranked 30th out of 52 teams in average money spent in the recruiting budget per year. But the the fun little twist when you dig into the numbers, though, TJ, is that the the fewest amount of dollars they spent, they spent less, they, they were around a million bucks a year per COVID, right? Hovering around that, they, which is, you know, mid, middle of the SEC, it's where you need to be. They only spent $186,000 during the, the COVID summit, the, the, that 2021 year. 
That's their highest ranked recruiting class in school history. That's how much it costs to get Barry on Brown, Dan Key, Deion Walker, all those guys in. So I, I thought the, the the numbers in that study were, were fascinating. It's it's kind of tangentially off of Kentucky spring practice, I know. But it was very – it amused me, TJ, that Tennessee had – only only Alabama and Georgia had spent more in recruiting than Tennessee, and it took them till last year with Josh Heupel to get a top-10 recruiting class. So <laughs> – that's interesting about the money spent and the class UK brought in. What's the what's the hot take though? What does it all What does it all mean? I think it means that uh, Kentucky. I think the important thing is that Kentucky has enough to keep up with the Joneses. Um, a lot of it comes down to just how well are they executing and closing the deal. Um, last year, we we were worried, right in the middle of. Uh, the summer about like are they even who are they in all you know there was wasn't a lot of good buzz but they closed strong to finish about where they normally finish I do think especially if you get Bowie to reclass you get him to commit um, the way that they're financially backed both in nil and in the recruiting budget like they they can get up to around a million dollars again this year if they wanted to uh, the they have enough guns to be there. I think a lot of it just comes down to making sure they're in on the right guys early enough because I think they just fell behind with all the turnover on their coaching staff a year ago. And they they had to play catch-up. Fortunately, they did. did. Uh, We'll see uh, once the summer period kicks up. But so far in the spring, the guys they brought on campus are – they're what you want to see. They're they're the caliber of athlete you need to, to compete with your peers in the SEC. All sounds good to me. More good news for UK football. Let's head on over to the Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. A texter says, South End Josh here. Steve Clarkson can't be happy about U of L getting a quarterback commit for this class. Trouble in paradise? What's your Ooh. uncle saying, Roush? Hmm. I don't know. Um, actually, we'll probably catch up next week with him but um i mean no i'm like why would steve like if steve carson thinks his son is worth a damn then he's gonna be better than this quarterback like he just should be uh when i saw that kid's profile it's like well i mean they obviously need bodies there because you know brock doman ain't gonna last forever but that's not like i know pierce carson he Pierce Corkson is at least higher-ish rated. The, the guy they brought in is just like a mid-level three-star. You know, he's ho-hum. That doesn't do anything for me. That's just adding some depth. They need it there. Not anything buzzworthy because 2024 kids, unless they're reclassifying, they, they, the good ones committed almost a year ago. So, I, Oh, speaking of quarterbacks, though, there's a guy, a kid named Tag. Tag McAllister or something like that who's visiting – this weekend, Kentucky, and he is the most Cali bro quarterback I've ever seen in my life. Uh, if you give me a second, I'll get his full name. But he's from one of those rich suburbs of L.A. He's got, like, long blonde hair. He's the most Cali bro in the history of Cali bros. Uh, his name is Tag Harrison. And if I if I send you the picture, uh, Justin and TJ, you all are just going to cackle because. Oh, yeah, great, great radio. Send it along. Yeah, there you go. Um, he he looks like Paul Walker in Varsity Blues. 
It's just he's not a Texas quarterback. He's a Cali quarterback. Um, so, yeah, everybody feel free to look up Tag with two Gs. Who's <laughs> visiting? Yeah, right? Looks like he should be Gotta surfing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Needs a puka shell necklace. Which like the guy from Remember the Titans. Oh, Sunshine, yeah. Couldn't couldn't do the pitch in the option. Is he going to be a cat? Um, he would be like their fifth choice right now. Oh. Yeah, so just kind of a get to know your visit. Yeah, yeah. Get, just, you know, hey, how you doing? How you yeah. doing? I see. A texter says, I don't trust Cal, and ev- evidently neither did Onyenzo. The prospects of possibly playing behind Oscar and Cal's favorite backup center, where, and throw in five-star newcomer Bradshaw, he didn't want to take a chance of being buried on the bench again, although Collins is a year away from being a year away. Cal might feel loyalty to him also. I know that Cal is good, honest family man, but when he speaks as a basketball coach, you can't always take it to the bank. No, you can't. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't think it was a trust thing between Cal and Onyenzo. I think if it was up to Yagana, he'd be Yagana staying. But he's not. He's leaving. And everybody that's in the know, and Jack Pilgrim, again, you got to tip your cap to the guy. When when Yagana, even in the locker room, after the season was like, I'm going to take, you know, uh, uh, I'm next, and I, I can't wait. I'm going to be a good teammate. And uh, he even said he was going to be back. And Jack said, yeah, I, I, I'm going to wait to see this one play out. I'm gonna, it's going to be interesting. He said it right from the get-go. And sure enough, it was right. And why does Jack say all this stuff happened? And why does all the other folks, what do they say? Handler situation. So it's not – sometimes you just got to kind of put your hands up. It's frustrating and it's annoying. But what else could Cal have done? And secondly, as we've mentioned now several times, if Yagana was significantly better than Lance Ware, he would have played. He wasn't and was debatably worse. I wanted him to get more minutes, but there was a, if he was this star dude, he would have saw the floor, especially to help kind of cure some of UK's defensive ailments and, and even against a, a Vanderbilt or even against a Kansas State potentially, but he, he couldn't. So I – We'll I think the the longer I've uh, the longer I've had to, to mull this situation, the more I'm with the the texter on Thornton's text line yesterday, who said, you know, like I if you beca- if you set precedent that you're just going to do whatever Handler say, like that's a really dangerous game um, to kind of start off with in this nil era. So I'm, I, you know, the more I think about it, the more I am happy that Cal's just. Kind of like, listen, you can come here, but we're not we're not going to play ball and, and jump through all these hoops. Um, you know, they did that with Baylor Showerman a year ago when they were more upfront with it, and th- this one doesn't seem as upfront as the the previous. You know, as Showerman's agent guy was, but it does at least. Got I'm, I'm I'm with I'm with Cal. I stand with Cal. You hear that, haters? I'm not I'm not a Cal hater. I'm being a Cal butt slapper right now. You go, Cal. Draw that line in the sand. It, it is going to be interesting, though, because what if what if these handlers and these agents and these players are just like, all right, well, if everybody else is doing it, then I'm I'm going to do it. I'll commit to you, but what are what are, what what is the the bottom dollar that you all can assure that I'll be getting in nil? And then every school is going to have to answer that question. 
you can't be the only one that's going to be like, well, we can't promise any X amount, but here's our averages. Here's what everybody else makes. You're going to, you may have, you may get to a point. You got to, you got to, you got to make some promises. I, I get it right now. Maybe you don't, and it is a slippery slope, but Cal's approach is come here. You're going to make money. Don't worry about it. It's going to come. We just can't meet your demands of X amount of dollars. It's just not what we're looking to do. I just worry, Roush, maybe someday every coach is going to have to to meet said demands. Yeah, that, that but that's where, like, if you're Cal and you're the old head in college basketball now, right? Like, you, you you've been players first and you've – been willing to go to a certain extent, there comes a point in time where you've gotten to this point, you know better than the handlers do. Um, so like you, you have to put that point across that like, Hey, I know these guys have gotten you there. L- listen to me now. Like I I've been doing this for a while. I've gotten people to the NBA. Like, are you trying to uh, get paid the best now? Or are you trying to get paid the best over the next 10 to 15 years? Like I, so I, 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 you know, ho- hopefully that that sales pitch um, can do something. Um, you know, well, it, it may not have worked for this group, but it might work for the next group. Um, so, and that's that's really what we're hoping for, right? Um, is, is to make sure that this ship is corrected course by the time the season starts, and that Kentucky is uh, back to its winning ways because it's been a it's been it's been a rocky time. I know some people are conflicted. Uh, about this, but you, you're going to, you're going to have to make the decision on nil, just kind of what game you're going to, you're going to want to play. And maybe it'll, maybe Cal will get out before it gets too bad, but it's, you're going to have to be on top of it. And you, you, I think the easiest, even nil aside, UK is in a good spot. It shouldn't get too complicated with that. If somebody says, Hey, if it's a player you really like, you may want to play the game with them is the only thing I'll say. The thing Cal needs to be more careful about is maybe just steer clear of people that have baggage. If there's a red flag, maybe just can you, can you find great players that aren't headaches? Which if you get, you got to give Cal credit, TJ, early on in his tenure, he somehow was able to navigate that. Like this oh, really hasn't sure. been a thing at all. Yeah, and, and it's different now. He, 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 and I think that's probably why he's gotten burnt is because he would, you get people with like the most red flags and Cal would say, I don't care, bring it on. And he'd make it work. It wouldn't always lead to national championships in every season, but he'd make it work where there, there wasn't major issues. And I think he probably just thinks he can do it every single year. And Obviously, there's been a little the rubber band bounces back in this in this instance. So, maybe, but maybe moving forward, that that's part of the recruiting process. All right, what's what's his family like? Who else is in the gym with him? Who are these guys standing up over there? Do I do I need? I don't, if I have to recruit them, I'll just go find a player that's similar. I'll go get somebody from the portal. We've got millions. If you're the right player at this school, if they do, if if they're going to be a little weird about all this, I'll just go with somebody that's going to be a less headache and and give them that money. So that's something that may be the easiest way about all this. Again, I think UK is in a good nil position. It should never get too complicated there, but maybe just steer clear of the handlers. Easier said than done, I guess. I don't know. Hey guys, that person on Twitter is my father-in-law. He called me last night over the victory lap tweet. What a clown. 
referring to the Damon Thayer tweets. Uh, Damon was after it. Damon was after it last night. One of my favorite things that old people do, TJ, is they'll they'll like bring up Facebook conversations in real life. Do you see what so and so put on Facebook? Send it to me on Facebook. Right? <laughs> you know, they love to do that. You're what? Who who is doing that? Your parents or their age group? Yes, yes. Same thing with like this guy getting a call from his dad about a tweet somebody sent him. I've seen the the parent transition over to Instagram. That's been fun to watch. Oh, ooh, I'm sure that has been. It's been it's been slow, but they they've made their way over there. That's where they know there's there's more content. Our generation doesn't post on Facebook as much anymore, Roush. Some do, and I do from time to time. But usually, when I do, I'm just sharing an, an Instagram post over on that other platform. Yeah. Well, no, but that's what I mean, though. Like, if you wanted me to see something on Facebook, though, you could have just like send it it's just funny to me when they mention internet things in real life because it's like well usually i just talk about internet stuff like on the internet like i don't i don't or i'll be like hey look at this and i'll just show you my phone i'm not doing the did you see what so-and-so posted the other day those always crack me up that's just good old water cooler gossip you gotta love it a texter says normal jennifer anderson much better than hitch jennifer anderson what's hitch she wasn't in hitch I'm confused about Hitch, Jennifer. I don't know. I don't know. I, I confirm. She. The... I watched Hitch last weekend. She is not in Hitch. I'd say my favorite Jennifer Aniston is like, or where she's maybe she she's at her best. It would maybe be a long came Polly. Oh, well, we were on the same wavelength. Mm. Exactly what came to my mind. I'm yeah. on that I'm... or uh, horrible bosses. I'm on Wor- uh, Horrible Bosses was good, but Were the Millers is the correct answer. Oh. She's in a lot of good movies. She is. Uh, a lot she's of good in a lot of movies, fun. Too. She's in a, Marley <laughs> and Me. <laughs> Man, I forget I forget about Where the Millers Scoots. That's a very funny movie. Like the 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 couple where it's uh uh Ron Swanson and Babs um and I, I hate that <laughs> I can't remember Nick Offerman and uh Catherine Hahn. that they're they're hilarious. It's, it's very funny. She's she's got a good scene in the breakup too. Breakup underrated movie. I don't know if you all have seen that or not. Yeah, that one's when uh, come come Gary on the kick yeah, on the kick on the kick <laughs> My baby wants three lemons. She gets three lemons. Oh man, I had a couple a uh, friend of ours that had the exact like they they did the breakup thing except like with a house. And oh no! So they like was, lived the movie. Yeah, yeah. It was even. I, I don't think they did the like bringing other people back. I, I don't know. I, didn't, I haven't asked questions, but they definitely did the. Uh, they they broke up and lived in the same house together for a while before moving out, which just sounds sounds miserable. I guess if you find if you find a, a pattern that works, I suppose you can make it happen. But yeah, not yeah, probably not ideal. Nope. And also, I wonder if you get to a point where if it like worked well enough, if you just be like, "Oh, well, maybe we maybe we just do this. Like, maybe we figured it out. We just need to be away from each other a little bit more." But yeah, eh, interesting. That that stinks for them, and that, that didn't work out for them though. No, 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 uh, no. Okay, yeah, no. Uh, uh, Texas says, <laughs> "Yeah, go ahead." A lot of recruiting talked lately in regards to Dillingham. Don't know. That I'm so much as worried about him showing up or his motor is more as I am concerned with his locker room presence. Seems like we've had cancer on the team the past couple of years, and I don't know if someone that will possibly continue that is a great idea. 
And seeing Joe, like you're kind of getting at what we just discussed, and that's. I feel like it's it's unfair to forecast who could potentially be a locker room cancer unless we know for certain that there's been some problems with the locker room in the past, um, which this time a year ago we were kind of saying about Severe Wheeler. Like we were a little bit worried about that. Um, same thing with Oscar right now where we're like, you know, there was obviously not everybody was on the same page and we need to get everybody on the same page. And so, Joe, I think we – we share your concerns. I just don't want to label Dillingham as a potential locker room problem without really, like, you know, like I, I don't, I don't know how much meat there is on that chicken bone anyway. You know, with Dillingham, yeah, like, like, what makes you think that he, like, it, really? I'm just worried about if he's lazy or not. I don't know if he'll be a locker room problem. Like yeah, that, I guess uh, you can take you can you can take all of it. Uh, every there, there's a bunch of different avenues you can do with that. Freshmen, just in general, have mystery attached to their game, but there there is some extra stuff, and it's just because he's taken such a different path. The the, the, the Kanye West stuff, and then OTE, and it, it it's it adds up with him. And again, UK's recent track record is to get burnt when when presented the opportunity, but I, I and I, I think there are some questions just about how his size will translate, but he, he's a fun player, and, and he is, at least right now, going against older guys, bigger guys, more experienced guys, probably more so than any of the other recruits are, and he's still putting up some really big numbers, and more so than just the big numbers. I just think it's impressive it doesn't mean he's a complete player by any means, but I think it's impressive that he can just put up 15 points in four minutes or three minutes. That means you're doing something right where you can just catch fire and everything feels well. And there's times that that can get stretched out for a long period of time where you're just doing something that's really, really special. So I like his potential. I hope he's at UK. I'd like to have him. I'd like to have Wagner. I'd like to have Reeves. CJ, come on back, although I think Blair Green announced that she's done. I don't know if that means anything or not. We've already talked that plenty. So, And then you you got to do, which is somebody that we don't mention a ton. And he, I think on the podcast yesterday, I called him a Swiss Army knife. You may be able to play him at four different positions, potentially. Uh, you'll have him for some depth, and he's only going to get better. So I would roll with that and, again, love the potential of Dillingham and Wagner. So that's what I would like. But I just hope Cal's got a grip on it. Where if there are, if any of those red flags happen to be true, you're there, there's too many good other options, and maybe even sure things where you could make a case you could be better to to risk it. But it all just comes down to is Cal in the know more so than he was in the whole Shade and Sharp situation. Another texture says my issue with Oscar is more of the weird off the court stuff than on court play, and that's kind of what we we were getting at too. Uh, Feel like we're we're doing the same old song and dance a year later, Teej. Um, yeah, and you know, with Wheeler, we were we were right about it. So maybe we should maybe we should take all this into consideration. I, I, I would much people. rather be wrong. Like I I love being wrong. So please, just like we started yeah. the show, Damon Thayer, prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. Let's all just pump the brakes on Damon Thayer. <laughs> Are we going to get that thirty minutes back that Scoots all stole from us? Just giving you a hard time, not being serious. Scoots could do a master Sunday morning Twitter space and host it. That'd be fun. Oh. Would be fun. fun though. Don't have time. No. John here. Happy Good Friday morning. 
tell me, besides the Masters and Church for Easter, what other events or activities do you have going on this weekend? I'm going to do some fishing. If the weather holds up, I will go watch some live baseball for my Purple Aces. You know I still love the Batcats and everything BBN, but since I've lived in Evansville my whole life, I'm an alumni of Evansville. You know I am bleed a little purple as well. One last thing, remember, he is not here for he's risen, as he said. We'll got to go talk to you later. Um, if yeah. you're bleeding purple, John, you might want to get that checked out. I think that's a sign of what, what was the disease the Russian czars had for kids? I don't know. Don't, don't Mesothelioma, know. but it's like uh, you, you bleed easily. They don't cost. Uh, yeah. Get that checked out. Uh, I may go to the Louisville. I may go to the Louisville City match tomorrow. Oh, that'd be nice. Is it Got at 7:30 at night? No, it's at three, which is oh nice. wow, that's rare. Yeah. I may, I may, I may do that. We've got then, uh, multiple got Easter egg tonight. hunts. That'll be fun. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got the we've got an Easter egg hunt tomorrow morning, or yeah, Saturday morning as well. So it's gonna be a fun weekend, John. Hope you have the same. Chris Livingston could be all what be what we all wanted Alex Poitras to become. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just considered Livingston just totally and completely gone. And if yep. he comes back, then it'll be a pleasant surprise, and I'll totally kind of reevaluate the way I, I see the team playing. But I, I just consider him gone. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe he surprises us, but that's what it's going to be for me. Hey, ha- have fun with the, uh, the Easter egg hunts. They're a lot more fun this year. Like last year, like Lucy would probably just like pick up an egg and like stare at it for a while. She's going to be uh, chasing them down. You know, the Easter egg hunts, very fun with little kids. Uh, Looking Duke forward to it. To eat the, he just wants to eat the hard-boiled eggs. He freaking loves hard-boiled eggs. Well, hope that they have a great Easter. You all have a great Easter. Everybody has a great weekend. We appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Scoots will be doing Rutherford again today at 3, so you can check them out there if you want more Scoots. And who doesn't? And have a good weekend. Be safe. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Caleb. Okay.